welcome to Conversations About Life. Well, good morning, Avi. It's good, good to be here with you. Thanks for coming. Good morning. It's good to be here. Thank you for the privilege. So I'll, I'll kind of introduce you a little bit. You're from India. I'm from India. And you've been here in the United States about 17 months. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, you married uh, a woman from here in the United States. And is this, you know, 17 months ago, is it the first time you ever been to the United States? This first time being to the States. Okay, wow. Mm-hmm. It's just so, so new, really. It is. It is really new. So you lived um, many years in India. How old are you? I'm 35. I lived all my life in most of my life, 35 years in India. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, um, I guess, you know, you told me a little bit about what your life was like in India. Um, I think you, you mentioned that you grew up in like a Christian home. Mm-hmm. But I think Christianity is a minority in India, right? Christianity is a minority. Hinduism is the primary major religion in in India. Okay. So, um, I guess just tell me a little bit about, uh, well, how would you, what's the most important thing to know about Abhi? Um, I, I come from India and I grew up as a missionary kid. My grandfather was a missionary and I grew up in that in that setup, and um, he was a missionary to India. He, okay, he he is an in Indian, but he pioneered from one major city to a interior village. I see. So um, he was sent by the Canadian Baptist to be a missionary in uh, a remote place. It's it's on the mountains. Okay, I see. So you grew up in like a Christian culture, Christian family, yes, and so forth. Um, so, um, so was it Protestant then? It was Protestant, yeah. Okay. And then, um, then how did you meet your wife? Um, I was uh, I was pastoring a church in Wysag, in one of the cities uh, in India called Wysag. Uh, she came to volunteer in a school that's connected to that church. Okay. So I was pastoring. I was the youth pastor and the lead pastor for the church. And um, she she comes to the church. And then we started talking. We became fr- Facebook friends initially. And we started talking, exchange emails. And then um, year... A year later, I moved out of the city to do my studies to a different city. And when I came back, came back for Christmas break, I met her again. She was there uh, doing the same volunteer work with the school. And then days later, we started exchanging emails and sharing our interests. And we felt that God uh, is moving us to be together. And then we started dating. And then... She came, I think it's in 2019, she came back to India just to, uh, with, with her family, 
to visit me and we got engaged in India. So in India, were you in an urban area or more out in a rural country area? My childhood was mostly in the rural. Okay. And then my education was uh, like after my 15, I, I moved to the city and back and forth. Uh, I did my education and then went back to my hometown, then uh, stayed there for a year and so, and then went to a Bible school and then again came back to my hometown, uh, was serving in the churches there. So the education was in the cities and the ministry part was mostly in the rural. Okay. And is your life in India or was your life in India kind of like typical for the average Indian or um, are there different classes and you're you're kind of like not the norm you know like I don't know is is it I think uh, we call ourselves as the average class uh, okay. uh, family um, so we lived in a, a tribal re- region Okay. So my grandfather went as a missionary to the tribals. So we lived in a tribal region, but we are not the tribe tribes. Okay. So we were not considered as the tribes. We were, uh, for the tribes, we were the outsiders. They don't, um, we lived like, we, we didn't have a lifestyle, lifestyle of the tribals or we didn't, uh, have the benefits that the tribals were getting from the government. Okay. Um, so, you know, I, when I've this just came to my memory, but when I've heard of in, India, you know, I've heard of like the caste system mm-hmm. and things like that. Is that a real a pr- prominent way of being in India, or is that kind of more like back years ago, or is it still? like that I think the past maybe past 10 years things are changing but it is still a prominent thing uh, in India caste so when when you want to get a job when you want to get married people look for what caste you from or what caste or religion do you belong to and then you're just born into a particular caste yeah we are born into a particular caste and then and you can't really get out of it is that right yeah we can't okay. get out of it so, uh, what are the different castes? There are four uh, Brahman, Brahman, Kshatriya, Shudras, and Vaishyas. So, the highest are the priests, and the second ones are the warriors, and uh, the, the, the second, third and fourth are the regular work, labor work kind of things. And then uh, Dalit. Dalits are the tribals who come under the um, the fourth caste. The fourth? Yeah. Okay. Then what caste would you be in if you're in one? Or were, were you? As far as I know, I come under the second one. Uh, the warriors? The warriors. Kind. Okay. I was told that I grew up with no knowledge of okay. what caste I am from. So. Okay. When anyone asks me, what caste are you from? I would always say, I don't know. All that I know is I'm a Christian. Okay. So um, it sounds like it didn't even have anything to do with your life then. 
Like, is that how it is for most people, or does it really matter for some people? Or? It it does matter for a lot of people. Okay. Uh, um, majority, they would look and they get take pride in the what caste they come from and also that decides what kind of a work you do okay and what kind of food you eat oh even when you go to like get food what caste you're in determines what you can have so if you are from a specific caste like the brahmin the priestly they abstain from meat so, okay i see uh and the rest they would eat meat but on specific days not not every day of the week or on okay. on a friday or monday they wouldn't so would everyone take pride in their caste like even like the fourth caste like the the lower caste or um they do consider themselves as the lower ones uh but when it comes to marriage or relationships they would not uh intermarry the higher caste vice versa but one thing i've noticed growing up is even the lower caste they are sub castes within the lower caste and the higher caste okay so within the sub caste they do differentiate themselves as they are high among the lower and they are some more lower caste in sub castes in the lower caste okay i see yeah Um well I thought I'd ask you about like what what your relationship with God is like um and if you want to tell talk about how that got started for you that's fine or um but I'm kind of interested in just what it's like because I'm I'm interested in this with just about anybody mm-hmm. um like does a person feel God's presence or not or is it all is it mainly just kind of intellectual reading the the bible and just taking it by faith or is it something they really experience and so forth um so i thought i'd ask like how that is for you um so let's just start there how what's your relationship with god like here um growing up uh being in a christian family uh, we grew up listening to the bible stories and the narratives and my grandmother was played a major uh, she played a major role in helping us to know the bible uh but there are several things that i've seen in within the family that i thought they are common in in a in a christian family um and then later when i grew up uh, i've realized uh it is okay to do whatever you want to do and god is merciful and he will take care of you uh i've i've uh, grown up in a situation where my dad was addicted to alcohol and um my being my grandfather being a missionary he being addicted to alcohol and i thought okay this is normal this can be a normal thing and i thought being a christian is just have a name tag that you you belong to a christian family and go to church every sunday and give your tithe and offerings and sing some songs and come back read your bible uh i never had a closer relationship with god growing up um 
And then and when I was 15, I went for a youth conference. And that's when I, um, I heard the gospel. And it's not that uh, God is silent or God is ignorant of everything that we do. He watches everything that we do. And he is the savior of the world. And I am a sinner and I needed a savior. That's when I decided to follow Jesus Christ and uh, and then I that's when I at the, at the same time I, I even decided that I wanted to be in the ministry uh, and then I went to the Bible school and started gaining knowledge uh, even though I repented and I was away from the sinful life I still was uh, not having a real closer relation with God. I thought God needs me and I am serving him and he needs a favor. And I thought all the ministry thing that I was doing was a favor to him. I, I was like that for almost eight years, most of my Bible college days and even in the ministry, uh, going to church, uh, preaching and never those preaching never impacted me. I was just teaching from the Word and come back and live the same life. Uh, during one of those times, I was struggling. Uh, why is this happening to me? I speak, I speak the Word. I, I do help the church with music and teaching the Word. I struggled. Why am I still... Uh, not enjoying who God is uh, and why doesn't the word speak to me why is it always so when I prepare for a sermon it's always it was always okay what should I teach them rather than what am I learning so then that's when I had a friend uh, uh, named David he spoke to me he said uh, let the word speak to you first before you speak to anyone else and then, then I started reading the Word. I started reading the Bible more diligently and asking the Lord to speak to me. And through Psalm 119, verse 10, I have hidden your word in my heart that I don't sin against you. I thought, okay, it's not me who can stay away from sin. It is God who will help me to stay away. And it is the Word of God time and again that reminds me to get closer to God. And I started... Uh, loving the Word of God and being a follower of God by having a keen interest and diligently reading the Word of God on a regular basis. Okay. So you mentioned, um, you know, you were teaching and preaching and stuff, but then you're, you, were, you were living the same life. Yeah. So, like, what are you referring to, like, living the same life? Um. It was uh, no no time for the Lord or no personal time or devotion. It is wake up on a regular basis and do whatever you feel like doing. No prayer, no relationship with the Lord. Okay. And I was a lot... Uh, mm, pornography was my major addiction. And I, even even before... 
the church even in the church i used to watch pornography so then i when i realized that god is the supreme control over the universe he knows and he watches that even nothing can be hidden from him and i had issues with lust i had issues with stealing money uh i used to steal money from different places work uh at work uh uh at from my parents pocket okay and then uh it all became more personal to you and you start taking in the word for yourself yes um so did that happen like just like like that uh like you just there was just this switch or was it kind of more of a a process that you know that took time and stuff like that um when i started reading the word it draw it, it drew me closer to god and it was a process okay it was like began growing closer to him on a regular basis okay and um is you know as far as like the cross is that like when that f- first been started to be meaningful to you or uh, you know or was like was that a conversion experience or was it just more of as a christian repenting and getting you know some things right you know what i mean um growing up in the christian family even though i know i knew about the sacrifice of jesus christ it didn't mean anything to me okay it was like one of the heroes okay because i i grew up also listening to the stories of the hindu gods who have been saviors of the world who been mm-hmm. saving the cities and towns uh, when people are struggling i thought okay jesus is a good god who who is uh, who gives gifts during the christmas time and he's a kind god we we uh we always have this picture of jesus have carrying a lamb on his shoulder and he looks has a good smile on his face i thought he's he is uh um the idea of sin and i cannot save myself the idea of heaven and hell and when my grandma was talking about okay you be good and god will take you to heaven i always remember the story that she told me you take the narrow way you go to heaven you take the broad way you go to hell and i always thought okay i would definitely take the broad way but the at the end just before you reach hell I'll take I'll change my navigation and go towards the narrow way because all the good things were on the Broadway and that was what that's what I thought I thought I could change the course of my life with my my decisions hmm. but uh it's God it is God who guides me to be a follower of him and who draws me closer to him and then it's not that my own wisdom or my own intellectuals or my own self control that makes me to be a better man it's right. god who helps me to grow closer to him and to be a better man okay 
so as far as experiencing God's presence as a Christian, like when everything is going well, you know, I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if I'm experiencing God's presence or not. Everything just feels fine. But when things are not going well, when there's a period of suffering, sickness, whatever, um, it would be, um, you know, I don't always feel God's presence with me like mm-hmm. I would, you know, when everything else is kind of taken away that is kind of supporting my life, like things going well, good health, whatever. When that's taken away, it would be, um, you know, uh, nice to think of, well, God's right there mm-hmm. anyway. And, um, but sometimes it just, you know, I, I don't necessarily feel that. And I'm not sure if, um, sometimes I think maybe like a need for repentance could be blocking that connection with God. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it could be, well, we just, that's just how it is. He's here, but you just don't always feel the Spirit's presence mm-hmm. and so forth. I don't know. You have any thoughts about that and your experience and that type of thing? Um, I've seen both ends of Christian life. People who have been flourishing and having a very good life. And I've seen Christians who are having a rough time. And seeing both of those things, I I, I grew up in, most, in one of the difficult times where uh, in an abusive family and not having everything that we wanted, not not being able to have a proper education. Uh, in those times, we I did realize that God is uh, in control and God is watching over us. I, we did feel God's presence was with us, but most of the situations, I really am grateful for my uh, mom for the way that she... Uh, helped us to understand she suffered so much uh, uh, being a mom raising us up she went through so much of pain but in all of those situations she always reminded that never give up on following God hmm. so she always prayed she always praised God she sings and that was her major uh, part of her life Every time, every day she wakes up and she prays and she thanks God for everything. She taught us to be content with what we have and not to desire for something more uh, which we don't have at the moment. Mm -hmm. So there were times that we didn't have enough money at home to buy food for our regular basis. There There were times that we had a lot and there were times that we didn't have anything. And... um. I think most of my life experience has taught me uh, to acknowledge that God is present even the more the difficult times. Uh, not necessary that He would give you or provide you everything that He wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, there were times when my parents couldn't couldn't afford paying my school fees. We were sent away from the school because we couldn't pay the fees, and we stayed at home for for a long time and um, and at those times uh, both my grandmother and my mom they taught us 
God is still there with us. Mm-hmm. He will take care of us. In India, is like so. What's your family like? How's your mom and dad? And do you got brothers and sisters and so forth? And mm-hmm. uh, I have a brother and I have a sister. My okay. dad worked uh, uh, in the railways, mm-hmm. and my mom worked as a teacher. My mom, uh, she passed away in 2019 uh, on due to hypothermia. Uh, and hmm. my dad passed away through getting too cold. Too cold, yeah. Wow, like was she out in the wild or something? Or? So few days before she passed away, like a few weeks before she she had fever and she was recovering. Mm-hmm. And uh, the place where I come from, it it does get cold. Uh, not as cold as it's in America, but it does. It goes to zero degrees Celsius. Okay. Uh, sometimes so. During those days, while she was recovering, she has, she was having cold. Uh, uh, that's when the temperature went way down, like mm-hmm. drastically, when shifted from nine degrees to two degrees Celsius. Mm-hmm. So that really affected her, and she couldn't breathe. She struggled to breathe. And was she at home? She was at home. Okay. Mm. Yeah, the ambulance was a little late. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the uh, what my dad say, said was uh, the ambulance refused to come closer to the house because the road was not nice. So they had to carry her to the ambulance, which was a little far, and uh, by then it was too late. Hmm. It seems kind of odd to... You know, you think of hypothermia as like when you're stuck out somewhere and you might accidentally get wet or, or something and you just can't get to shelter. Mm-hmm. But um, having that at home seems kind of different because normally you can kind of somehow preserve your body heat with like mm-hmm. blankets, blankets or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. But I guess it was a pretty unexpected type it was, of cold snap. And it was cold snap. And... Uh, she was ha- she was the previous na- day she did had uh, congestion and she was coughing and in the morning she was fine and she said I'm doing fine and then the night she couldn't mm-hmm. she couldn't make it uh, and what were you saying about your dad my dad uh, so after my mom passed away I was with my dad I was taking care of him for a year I finished my master's in in the seminary and then I went back Uh, I was taking care of him and then I had to uh, uh, come back to the States and uh, I had to leave him there he was he was fine he said I'll I'll be fine he's not he 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 doesn't like traveling much so uh, he passed away after he got the COVID shot uh, because there was no one to take care of him uh, he neglected on his med- regular medicines and he was not having food on time. Hmm. And th- this was the second time when the COVID hit uh, the country. Mm-hmm. Um, it was during May. Uh, it was very severe. The oxygen was the scarcity of oxygen. So that's when he had a heart stroke and he passed away. I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do people think in India what do people think of the US like is US 
something people really want to to go to like because sometimes I hear that people think of it as the land of opportunity and so forth or um, and then I also hear sometimes that um, people think negatively of the U.S. like well that's where all the sin and debauchery is and and the crime and everything you know but I don't know like from a the perspective of back in India what's it like um, you know how do they regard the U.S. They see United States as one of the top flourishing country with land of opportunities. It is a dream for many third world country people to come and have a life mm-hmm. uh, in the United States. I, in my life, I never heard negative about United States people. There might be people who who might have uh, negative. Uh, one of the things, not much, but once in a while, I heard that because of the divorce rate was way high. Yeah, they thought it is a easy thing. Um, one thing that uh, happens in the United States is you get married and you divorce and you get married. It's not a big deal, but uh, in India, it is. Uh, right, it is. Even if you struggle in the marriage, you stay there. You just right. be in that marriage. I've seen because I've seen that in my in my parents' marriage. Mm-hmm. So be, even though she was struggling, she never gave up or she didn't leave us and left mm-hmm. my dad and went away. None of those things happened. Right. You said your dad like had an addiction to alcohol. Is that yeah. what you said? Okay. And that kind of probably made home life pretty bad, huh? It was. It was really rough. He, he was. Uh, abusive towards us and one of the reasons why we couldn't afford education was because he was he was spending all the money on his drinks and for his friends uh, but uh, we tried to convince him and tell nice stories and tell us tell him the sad stories how we are struggling please stop drinking none of those changed but in um, 2012 uh he on a regularly he regularly he drops my mom at the church and he goes to the town to get groceries for, on sunday he drops it at a church and um then goes down, goes into the town drinks and then be there at home drunk mm-hmm. by the time we go back home he'll be drunk and mm-hmm. uh start shouting where's the food so in 2012 uh, he did the same and uh, he drank and then he asked one of his friend friend i can't i can't bear it i can't i can't see anything uh, something is wrong with me please drop me home and that the friend dropped him at home and he said uh, to my mom uh, i don't know something i feel something different today i i drank the regular thing but um something is wrong i don't feel like i don't feel comfortable being drunk and he said this i think god wants me to stop drinking hmm. and ever since he stopped oh wow he, he never went back there were friends who who come home and say hey come let's go and he said no and he started uh, after 2012 he started uh, telling people to stop drinking and and that's when he started loving Christ and hmm. 
before that he was very abusive towards he, he didn't like me being a pastor mm-hmm. he says you pastors are bad people <laughs> and then and he, his dad was a missionary his though, dad right? was a missionary okay. yeah and because his brother my dad's brother uh was also he's also a missionary and he has seen certain things from his brother which were not christ like i thought i think that made him to be bitter towards christians and people who are in the ministry he didn't wanted me to be in the ministry and when i was in bible school he said no i'm not paying your fees mm-hmm. and god was grateful and he was providing for my needs uh, the bible school was very supportive of my time there they uh, the first year of my school i paid a little amount of fees and and i couldn't pay any more and by the grace of god i was able to do well with the in the academics and they gave me merit scholarship and i didn't have to pay for three semesters at least oh wow so so from the indian perspective people in india they think of the united states as the land of opportunity yes. and everything but <laughs> you mentioned that you love india and you're um planning on going back mm-hmm. so um tell me what you love about india um the people they i i was closely attached to the people of india mostly uh, the tribal people of uh, the, the place where i grew up from mm-hmm. uh serving with alongside the pastors of india i really felt the need of a proper theological training for the pastors who are uh, serving in india mm-hmm. not everyone could afford going to a bible school and learn uh, hermeneutics and uh, things most of the preachings are topical and um, you teach them they they know they teach what what they know basic from the bible so i felt there is a need of uh, basic theology theological training for the pastors in the village side mm-hmm. so if someone what's the symptom of someone not knowing the bible well like do they lean toward um like a works mentality or do they lean toward something else or like what happens what's the consequences of like a pastor not being well educated in the bible um if he's not educated he wouldn't have any respect from the society uh so they they say this uh in india uh if you don't know anything if you can't do well in your life become a pastor oh they say that they huh? say that so and they mean a christian pastor christian pastor okay yeah mm-hmm. so if you don't know anything you, you if you can't do well in life you become a pastor because that's the uh easy job or mm-hmm. no you don't have to work a lot right okay um okay so when connecting with hindus you know well, how do you connect with hindus and 
What do you say to make the Bible clear? Because I think I've heard that, you know, like I think you even mentioned this, that people are fine with thinking of Jesus as a wonderful person, but they don't see the exclusivity of Jesus, like that he is God alone, um, rather than just adding him on. And that's a little bit something similar to America, kind of like you have your life and it's all about you and your stuff and your ambitions, then sure you'll have Jesus too. And he's just this thing you do on Sundays and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of like adding him on where that's not like the biblical message, you know, of, well, well, how do you connect with Hindus and how, how do you, um, you know, what needs to be emphasized when you're talking with them about Jesus? Um, the idea of what happens after you die. When you ponder on that question, uh, um, most most Hindus believe that rebirth, reincarnation, you get an afterlife based on the present life. Whereas in Christians, you after you die, there is a life called eternal life. Whereas in Hinduism, you become, you get uh, evolved in Brahma, which is the God, the creator God for Hinduism. Um, The idea of someone taking up your sins and taking you from darkness to light even the scriptures of Hinduism, it says, Asatoma Sadgamaya, Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya, Mrityorma Amrutangamaya, means we need someone to take us from darkness to light. We need someone to take us from death to life. We need someone to sacrifice for us. But there is no sacrifice seen in the... Uh, in the Hindus, Hindu scriptures and the sacrifice is seen in Jesus Christ who paid the price for the sinner who took the place of sinner and made us in peace with God uh, I think that would make a difference between what they believe and what we as Christians believe mm-hmm. uh, the entire the complete idea that God died for me. God died for my sin. And in place of me, he paid the price. That makes a lot of difference. Yeah. I've been talking with a fellow at the gym in the sauna who's from India. And um, he was talking about the Muslims and kind of negatively, like they are all about Allah. And you Mm got to believe in Allah. And... um, but we, in, you know, from India, <clears throat> you know, who are Hindus, he was saying, um, we're all about business. We own, like, almost all of these hotels, and we own um, sub- subways, and maybe he said something else, maybe mm-hmm. gas stations or something. And we, you know, we're all about working super hard, hiring people, getting some business, and then the money just flows in, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he seemed to um, be saying... We're better people um, because we're not into, a, you know, it all being about religion. We're just here for business, you know. Mm-hmm. 
but I haven't really been able to anyway that's all as far as we've gotten in our conversation you know, I asked him a little bit um, about his religion and just what it means to him and it seems to me like it's more of something that binds them together true. I don't know if it's like very meaningful to them personally but it's like it's their community mm-hmm. you know uh, in in the in their belief in their belief and their reverence to god is more of fear okay uh, i've seen this in hinduism and most of the hindus if you don't do this to your god he would curse you or he would punish you mm-hmm. so in most of their sacrifices in most of their offering towards god is to get their gods to do what they want hmm. or okay. pleasing their gods to get their work done i see so that's right. mostly practiced why they believe in god because he is a supreme being he can he's the control over the over the village so we give him what he needs and he will do our work he will protect us or he wouldn't punish us mm-hmm. because the idea of karma you you sow what you reap is is the major belief in hinduism yeah and then when you leave the village do you have to worry about your god anymore is he still back there or do you have to keep on doing things for him they do believe in because uh in in every 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 area you see the idols so mm-hmm. so they do uh praise him at the moment when they saw the idol okay so uh they believe that the gods live in the temples and that's a holy place okay um How is church life different in India than in the US? Mm, freedom. Freedom? Yes, freedom, a lot of freedom. Um I don't know and I, I don't think this is in America but in India it's always you're being cautious of what's going to happen when you go there. You go to the church, someone oh. might come and stop your service, someone might say you're disturbing us someone might say you're not allowed to worship hmm. so it's always i see um being cautious about um what's going to happen and what will happen right. if you're not careful so even the sound uh, that you a sound that comes from church it shouldn't be too loud um these are the things that i right and one thing i've uh found not really strange but ev- even now some of the churches in india they are practicing uh, the western type western style like we wear shoes into the church here in america mm-hmm. and most of the indian churches they don't wear their shoes when they go into the church okay yeah they leave their shoes outside and they go into the church that's one right. thing and um music instruments was not is not a major thing in our churches okay it even uh um uh, people uh don't care what music instruments do they have in the church and they just keep singing and singing and singing uh um what's a typical sunday like 
Oh, it's it's long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Indian churches, they there are some churches are like three hours, four hours. Uh, so the, if the church service starts at ten thirty, so the, the pastor would be there at the church starting the service by ten thirty, and maybe one person, two people. They keep coming, and the pastor would be singing, 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 till the people come. And then, when the people join, the people would join singing. And then, after few, after when the pastor feels that the church is partially full, then he says, "Okay, let's start a service." And then they sing a few songs, and they take the offering, and praise and worship. Uh, and preaching goes for a long time it goes till for one hour to uh, one and a half hour preaching and then some churches they offer meal for the people who come from because in most most of the villages uh, people walk for miles to come mm-hmm. to a church because there not every village has a church so people walk for 10 miles or 20 miles to come to a church wow so they stay there in that village the church village for till the evening and they go back in the night okay so i heard my grandfather telling stories he used to visit the churches go to the village and he leaves the house on friday and come back on saturday uh, uh, the next saturday so he goes for week leaves mm-hmm. the house and comes back mm-hmm. stays with them so it's more of a community okay right it's not that you come there and uh worship and go back to your home but it's you live with the church yeah what is um how is like daily life different like how's work different here we're you know we're pretty we got our shift <clears throat> 9 to 5 or whatever you know mm-hmm. How is people's attitudes different? How their work routines and just that type of thing? Uh, there are different categories: people who work in the corporate companies, mm-hmm. people who work in the government offices, and people who work on a daily wage base. Okay. So, uh, people who are still struggling to find a job with people who works in restaurants and shops. Uh, people who work for the corporate, like the BP was, like the American companies, they work during the night shifts, but uh, which is because of the time difference. Okay, uh, right. It is ten hours, ten and a half hours time difference for us in okay. India. So, so if it is the daytime in America is night time for us. So. Um, on the people who work on a daily basis they mostly uh work on the in in the constructions or uh in the fields okay people do look for better opportunities to get a better job and education is that's why the last few years education has become a major thing in in india study well get good jobs yeah so people even though the parents are uneducated they are getting their children educated so that they get they have a better life and better right. opportunities um and what's family like life like like what do families do together 
Um, mostly because India is mostly the patriarchal con- uh, country, uh, men do the work uh, and women they stay at home uh, in the in the villages. Okay. Um, um, most men they go. If they're a carpenter, they go out for work in the morning at nine o'clock and come back by five o'clock. Uh, and the women stay at home, take care of the house, take care of the children, and they clean their cattle fields. So, cows, goats is what they have in the villages. So they take care of them. Okay. Um, some women they do work. Uh, now the opportunities, the better opportunities given by the government and there are women who are working now. Um, and then in the evenings, do families just get together, enjoy a meal together, yeah. and then games or TV or something like that? Mostly uh, in the evenings they get together and it's uh, families live together. Okay. And in, in India, uh, um, mostly all the children, even if they are in their 30s or 40s, they still live in the same house. Uh, um, with the grandchildren so they all have a combined family dinner okay so so it could be a pretty big gathering it would it would be a pretty big gathering I see well in your opinion what makes for a satisfying life what makes for a satisfying life that's a big question yeah uh, um, being a Christian uh, if being a Christian if you're happy with uh, your walk with the Lord and your closer relationship with the Lord and having uh proper understanding of who God is that is more satisfying even in the difficult times that keeps us peaceful and content saying okay even in this situation I praise you I'm happy that you are still the controller of the universe you still are the sovereign God mm-hmm. and in on a general life uh, it it changes the your desires your expectations they do change based on the time uh, what satisfies a, a bet a better place to live and a, a better place to live and a proper accommodation and food would always satisfy uh, there were times when I was growing up uh, I used to think uh, why do I have to struggle why do we have to struggle so much uh, to have a meal for the next day why can't we have everything why can't we, we become rich and have a proper house if I look at my house it, it, it is not a fancy house why can't we have a better house? So having something better and a security is something that satisfies a person. 
Right, yeah. Um, at least up to a certain extent. Um, like, you know, like when you get your kind of basic things in order and stuff like that, from what I hear, it seems like after that, just kind of more wealth doesn't necessarily make that much difference. But yeah, like if every day's a struggle, it can make a, a difference just to, <laughs> you know, have things to be kind of better off, you know. Yeah. yeah. It it never stops. You have something today and you de- desire for something tomorrow. Yeah. And it keeps changing. Your desire keeps changing. And and when you meet that, there's something else up. And yeah. How... Um, how is marriage and relationships different in India? Like you already mentioned, like we have divorce, um, more more common in India. People just stay together. What about friendships and things like that? Is there a difference in India, the way people regard friendships and relationships than over here, or is it pretty much the same? Um, it's it's almost the same. We we do have friends uh we do have friends uh on uh, at a certain age uh when you get closer to your, for you to get married uh the friendships between uh the opposite gender is discouraged in india okay uh, so I see. Uh, uh you cannot be too close a friend with some um a girl because you have to get married soon so that would leave a bad reputation okay right so so you can be close to your whoever you marry yeah but like otherwise opposite gender you need to keep a little distance there. little distance yeah. I see yeah because in India it's most of mostly arranged marriages okay people parents would look for the suitable bride and groom for the Right. The kids. So, uh, how, did, how do you think that affects marriage? Um, do you th- like? Do you see that as a positive thing, or um, I don't know? Like here, we have kind of like you know, we got the music and the movies. That's mm-hmm. all about you know that romantic meeting the right person, falling in love, and all of that. Um, I wonder, you know, like how it's different with arranged marriages if you don't have that so much and if that helps or if it doesn't help. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts about that? It does help. Um, the idea of dating and knowing someone and falling in love, it does happen in the Bollywood movies and mm-hmm. we see that. And in all the movies, in most of the movies in Bollywood, if you like a girl and you have to fight to get uh, get that girl and to be married because parents wouldn't approve it and um, because of several factors what kind of a job does he do what caste does he come from what what is economic standards yeah and what is his family background in India we say this if you're marrying someone you have to look back seven generations of his family background so, so do you like the idea of arranged marriages? Does that seem to work out well then? I I like both. I like, like both, both the arranged right. and the dating 
um, I didn't um, there were arranged marriages that did happen that were really successful and there were love marriages that were really successful I have friends who are on both sides right having a good life and I, I do like uh, the western culture that you date you know the person for a long time right. and then get married and be good friends right I can see the advantages of both yeah like in America in the United States it um you know, I would think, well, everyone wants the, you know, dating and finding the right person and stuff. But I don't know, like, um, that could be a lot of pressure on a young person be. who, you know, who don't really know anything about finding the right, <laughs> finding the right person. And like to have parents um, helping with that. And it, it's just assumed that your parents are going to be helpful. Mm -hmm. Then that seems like it could be attractive. But then again, you wouldn't want to be stuck in it. Like, well, I want to marry this person, you know, like a, a Romeo Juliet type of thing. But sure. you know, you're kept from it, then that doesn't seem very good. But mm -hmm. like, anyway, yeah. I've heard stories of people who had arranged marriages, yet they were in love with someone else earlier before their marriage, but their parents couldn't approve it. Did not approve it. Yeah. So they were forced to marry someone whom their parents have chosen because, as said, security, financial security and caste is the major thing when you see an error in marriage. Yeah. So they would see how well settled he is and will he take care of her or him. And, and there, there were also marriages even after the arrangement was done they were cancelled because of uh, several reasons sometimes it is dowry that was not given or sometimes uh, they think it is not a good match because the family was not supportive mm -hmm. even if the arranged marriage was done it doesn't take till the marriage they might cancel any time before the marriage okay um, so this is kind of like off topic, but, you know, we're a part of a Monday night men's group. Okay. And we come from different churches and we different do? perspectives, mm -hmm. and we're going through Romans. We just recently went through Romans chapters 9, 10, 11. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's got me all thinking about the whole Arminian Calvinistic mm -hmm. type of perspectives on that. So my background is more Calvinistic. But I've been hanging around with Ed Bowen lately, <laughs> who's yeah. been on the podcast too. Okay. And um, he comes from more of an Arminian perspective. Oh, yeah. And um, so I'm rethinking through, you know, things mm -hmm. and so forth. But do you have any thoughts about that? Um, if you don't, that's fine by just, you know. One thing I like in the men's Bible study is it's diverse, different yeah. thoughts. You hear different perspectives and different interpretations, which are really good, and you, it makes you to see in a different uh, dimension. Uh, yeah. um, I grew up, so m most of my seminary life, it taught me to be mostly Armenian. Okay. And then... Uh, then years later, I started reading about the Calvinist theology, Calvinism, and then Reformed theology, 
and which I really it really makes sense to me the Calvinism does make sense to me because Calvinism provides a higher view of who God is okay uh, rather Armenianism provides we are we do have control over certain things uh, in life okay in relation to God okay so you lean more toward the Calvinistic way more at this towards point. the Calvinist okay. at a certain point all right cool um, well um, I guess you know just one other thing I was going to ask and then if there's anything you want to bring up that is fine but what you know there's particular challenges people typically have in life they're kind of different for everybody mm-hmm. but are there like different challenges that people in India um, normally have compared to the challenges people in the U.S. normally have um, just because of the different cultures or countries or Mm -hmm. anything come to mind concerning that? You mean the culture shocks or? No, I just mean like, um, I don't know, like I, I thought maybe in India the challenges might be more physical. Like if people mm-hmm. are not as wealthy, it might be more like what you were describing, just having enough food and basic needs. Whereas like in a first world country, it's probably not that. Mm-hmm. It might be more of finding meaning in life or some, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, but I don't know. Like from, you know, like the typical person in, in India, you know, the things that, make life hard that they have to work through is that different do you think than the people in the US and if so what differences do you think there are the idea in, in the West the idea that you start working at a young age is something that's brilliant okay. where uh, you start you think about your career your future and your how do we support yourself starts at a very young age okay but when in when it comes to india it takes a long time you have to do your education and your parents would be supporting you financially for a long time and then when you are in your 25s and closer to your 30 that's when you start looking for your job and then um, get a job mostly your parents would suggest you what kind of job do you need to do Mm-hmm. Um, either a doctor or a, a software engineer or a, get a government job government job getting a government job is something that most of the Indians would love to get do that because government does have a lot of benefits and um, we are used to uncertainty okay things go unplanned Things doesn't happen the way we wanted it to happen. Whereas in America, everything is organized and we plan things ahead and we we know what what do we get and where do we get it. And we given an example, the grocery store, and we have wide variety of options in America. Yeah. In India, we have limited and we have what we we get what we have. So okay. Right. That's that's a big difference. Right. There, are, there it is good but it has its own you'll be happy 
when when you have limited sources and you also complain that you don't have as much as options but here if you don't get what you want you have another option where you can go elsewhere like you can go to Costco you can go to Sam's you can so uh, the wide variety of options and the the independence of your opinions is that's in the US in the US um where you can be more of an individual yeah. in your opinions in your and opinions. stuff. Do you think there's any disadvantages for what we got here in the U.S.? Like, is there anything we're missing out on because, you know, of you know, everything has like pros and cons or some, like anything we're missing out of just because things are so easy for us. Here? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I may be wrong, but. Uh, one thing I've seen, which I uh, haven't seen much in India, is anxiety and oh. depression and that. Wow. I, I, you would I, think it'd be the opposite. Like, if you got everything whenever you want it, what's there to be anxious about? But you're saying you see more anxiety over here. More anxiety here. And okay. Because in India, it's I don't see more of anxiety and depression um we just go with whatever we have and okay if you don't get it fine if you're not coming on time okay you're fine if you uh i i was told that if someone honks at you it, it means you're mad someone is mad at you the man uh, the driver is mad at you because you're not moving we keep honking all the time and, <laughs> and it doesn't doesn't mean that we are mad at each other we are we want things to happen we want to right. move forward and um well do you all have to be busy all the time like if you're like have lower wealth do you have to like be working all the time just to make ends meet and so forth or is it not really like that they do uh thrive to work harder to get more uh, income uh, some people they, w they do work overtime some they get an opportunity they try to look for a better opportunity to get a better pay some they don't they, they still depend on their parents to take care of them so I wonder if people are just too busy to be anxious like it's like well got too much to do can't sit around and mope and think about myself <laughs> I, don't, I don't know you think there's anything to that or you think it's that's not really the reason for it I I don't know yeah I don't know what it is I think that just having everything doesn't necessarily take away I mean that doesn't guarantee peace I think true I that, I think so yeah um well, is there um, well anything you want to bring up before we just kind of um, wrap up? So far, I haven't seen anything bad in America or anything that disappointed me. But I love everything here the the good the culture uh, in in India. You stare at people and you just walk. You don't smile or you don't talk to a stranger. Oh, but really? here, everyone says hello, and when you walk out of the store or 
restaurant, people greet you. That's something nice. Hmm. I lo- I love that and um and I uh one thing I've really uh, appreciative is towards the closeness uh in the community here even in in America, the church that I attend I feel like that's my family. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm grateful for, for God. And everything that I see here, I'm really grateful how God has blessed this nation. Mm-hmm. And uh not necessary that Indians should migrate to America, but if such facilities are found, made in India, that would be a great blessing to people there. Mm-hmm. Like water or groceries in or provisions on a daily people walk for miles to get water whereas we have water right in the house hmm. so yeah. i'm grateful uh, it really makes me to think uh, where i came from and it humbles me to honor god for who he is and for his provision in this country Well, thanks, Abby. It's been good to talk with you. Thanks for being a guest. Thank you for having me. It's a blessing. Mm -hmm.